I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. This week, Gone with the Bushes takes us to somewhere USA. <laughs> Any town USA. Any town that has a horse racetrack. And a sanitarium. And a sanitarium. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really know the exact location. Yeah. That skipped both of us. Uh, and I even looked it up under setting of day at the races. And I don't I didn't think it matters. It. it doesn't matter. This is a 1937 black and white movie, uh, MGM, called Day at the Races. Yes. It is my pick because I was a day late and a dollar short on the Derby, and I wanted to pay homage to the horse racing industry. And I pay homage. That's a mint julep. Mint julep julep for Kentucky Mm. Derby. Go justified, not my horse. Mine is still out there and at the track. At church, well, mine, Downs. mine is what probably is glue by now. So, hey yo, hey yo, yeah, I went there. Ooh, controversial. Hot take, hot take, hot take. Because we're gonna have a few hot takes in this 1937 film. It's the Marx Brothers. It is the three Marx Brothers: Groucho, Chico, and Harpo. But did you know there were two other Marx Brothers? And actually, I read that it's not Chico; that it's Chico. Okay. So I don't know. I'm the, I the to be honest, Molly. Really, the only thing I know about the Marx Brothers is that you know they're high up on the comedy uh, Mount Rushmore. And yes. that you and my dad dressed up as them, as Harpo and uh, I don't know what other one, because there was a blonde wig and that was the Harpo wig. That was Harpo. I was Harpo. He was Dr. Hackenbush, actually. Really? Yes. He had a he had a black wig and he already had the mustache. Had he seen this movie? Evidently, he knew about the uh, uncomfortable scene. Yeah, I, I, I figured. He said, oh, you forgot about that, eh? (laughs) I don't know that I ever knew about it. Okay, so there was also Gummo and Zeppo. They were not in this particular movie. Mm -hmm. Lots of physical comedy. Lots of gags. Lots of bits. Lots of bits. It's basically basically just bits. Didn't write all the bits down because you couldn't. Yeah, there's just, I mean, there was a really famous Fruitsy Tootsie, something like that bit. I didn't write it down, but it's a very famous bit. We'll get to it. I'll be like, this is the famous one. Okay, good. Well, we have Dr. Hackenbush, who is a veterinarian. Oh, but wait. Him. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped ahead again. The particulars. Go. A Day at the Races, 1937. The Marx Brothers. It also starred, all right, the Marx Brothers, Harpo, Chico or Chico. I don't know. I prefer Chico. Let's go Chico. with Chico because that's how it's spelled. Chico, okay. Uh, Groucho. We also had Alan Jones, who is a tenor. He was married to Irene Hervey. They, Irene is also an actress, or was. She was in Destry Rides Again, along with a lot of other things. They had a son, 
named Jack Jones, who <gasps> was a pop singer and sang the Love Boat theme. He was back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. He was he was second tier, all that. And it also starred Maureen O'Sullivan. Who was she Judy? Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. And you a may, young Maureen O'Sullivan. You may know she is most famous for being Jane in the Tarzan movies. Oh my goodness! And she has a she has a couple of famous daughters, but she has one super famous daughter, one Mia Farrow. Oh, yes. Okay. And didn't, didn't put that together. Mm-hmm. That's her mom. That's Excellent. her daughter. On this Mother's Day weekend, look how I Happy, brought that together. Happy Mother's Day, all you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day, you mothers. And all you lovers of mothers, take good care of them this day. <laughs> I thought you were going into a Prince song with that. <laughs> <laughs> if like, only I could. Dearly beloved, and then an organ chord hits. I'm like, where is she going with this? And Margaret, oh, man, my handwriting is weird on this, Dumont. Um, She is sometimes known as the fifth Marx Brothers because she was often their foil in many of their films. She was. Mm -hmm. She was the the lady who was always wanted Groucho. And I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. It's directed by Sam Wood. He also directed A Night at the Opera. Because the Marx Brothers, their two most famous movies are Duck Soup and A Night at the Opera. Yeah. Um, and Goodbye, Mr. Chips and Pride of the Yankees. It was written by Robert Peroche, George Scotch, and George Oppenheimer. Screenplay by... Al Bosberg, Leon Gordon, George K. Kaufman, Carrie Wilson. Tons of people had their fingerprints in this film. Um, yeah, it was rewritten several times. Several, from several what I times. And also, the Marx Brothers, they, they cut their teeth in vaudeville. So before, as their pre-production, they just took the show on the road and they worked out a whole bunch of their things that they wanted to do on a pre-vaudeville, on a vaudeville uh, circuit show kind of thing. Because I can I can see them just going into, you know, like, what is that called when you go off script? Improvisation. Improvisation. I see a lot of that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also produced by Lawrence Weingarten and Irving Thalberg. And Irving Thalberg was a, was a bit of a wonder kid, big time producer. And two weeks into production of this movie, he killed over dead. And he was big. He was a big proponent of the Marx Brothers. And so, once he left the scene, once he had his final curtain, once As he let were. the sun come down on him, uh, the Marx Brothers never really, you know, never they were never really, really rallied. Well, they never really rallied. They were older. They didn't really have anyone young to champion them at the right. studio. So. Vaudeville was was gone. He was on the way out. I mean, they're getting old in the tooth. You know, these things happen. C'est la vie. This movie was pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, are we ready? Uh, yeah. Well, we start with a train, a bell, on, a bell ringing on the top of the train as it's pulling into the station. Not Chattanooga, or we could go into the Chattanooga choo-choo. And uh, they have arrived at Sparkling Springs Lake, where there is a sanitarium, which I take to be a um, place of healing, sort of like the... Um, the places in Germany, the baths, the baths where you would go for the mineral baths and all that. Oh! Like, you didn't have to be, like, really, really sick, but, um, like, just in need of uh, cleansing and fresh air and all of that. Uh, when I think of sanitarium, I think of St. Elizabeth's. I was totally thinking one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think of. But this was not that. This was like a... Uh, oh, because uh, I yeah. didn't understand why this woman was fighting so hard to keep her sanitarium. I was like, this that seems like just a real depressing place. It's not the snake pit. <sighs> Man. And yeah. Then, and then I was thinking, are, are these the places that got closed? <coughs> and that's why there's no place for people with troubled mental things to go i was thinking that that was the place where they used to go now they just you know are homeless and nobody cares right everybody looks the other way mm -hmm. including me if only you knew what to do but okay moving on to this comedy Let's just we'll build a whole bunch of we'll just build these buildings and we'll just put them in there and then in, in 10 years, we'll be like, oh, the exposés will come out about how horrible these places are. And we're like, we need to close them down. And then they'll release everyone. And then we'll be back here. And then we'll be like, exactly. we need to make it's more a, buildings. It's a cycle, people. It's a cycle. Okay, so I'll probably call him Chico through this film because I knew him as Chico when, when Chico and I were um, friendly. Um, but it is spelled C-H-I-C-O, so it might be Chico. Um, Chico is the driver for the sanitarium, and he has a soft place in his heart for Judy, who owns the sanitarium. She's quite young to be owning an establishment of health. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and so uh, we meet Miss Judy, very young, very pretty. She's about to lose her sanitarium because <laughs> of cost overruns. Somebody's Who knew it was the so plug expensive? On Medicare. What? Why are you laughing? Well, the way that you she's about to lose her sanitarium made her sound like she's about to go crazy. <laughs> lose her sanity sanitarium. Is that why we think of that? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, everybody's getting off the train and they're going to the races. Nobody's coming to the sanitarium. Hmm. And I they wonder need to why. get some people. Huh? I said, I wonder why. Well, yeah, but, but the sanitarium was like, a, okay, let's call it a spa now. You know, where you would go for some yoga and healthy eating and, you know, cleanses and, um, Okay. Okay, except there's a problem, and I'll point it out later. But continue. There's a Mrs. Upjohn who is um, the 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 fourth Marx brother. 
Mm-hmm. She's she's the one who always is the brunt of most of the jokes, and but she's loaded. She's got lots of bucks. She got rocks. She got rocks. So um, she is coming to the sanitarium because she's been with another doctor who says there's nothing wrong with her, but she knows there is something wrong with her because she wants the attention of Doctor Hackenbush. Well. I thought she was at the sanitarium and the doctor that's at the sanitarium, the current doctor is saying that there's nothing wrong with her. And that's why she's leaving the sanitarium and hence taking all her rocks with her. Everyone pay attention to what Aaron just said, because that's correct. (laughs) So that's why I say the sanitarium doesn't sound all like a spa if there's doctors and she says, there's something wrong with me. But this doctor is saying, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm going to leave this place and go to my doctor who says there's something wrong with me. You know that time when you're talking and, and you feel like you're really, you're, 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 you're really bullshitting everybody. And it sounds like it's pretty good and you're getting away with it. Yeah. And then your daughter comes along and busts you out. <laughs> That's what just happened because <laughs> you didn't take notes. I don't know what the freak of sanitarium was back then. I didn't either. I just thought that it would. I thought that it's a, a place where, okay, you know, there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of problems and a lot of uncomfortability in this movie because we're talking about 1937 in America. So I'm just going to take off the kid gloves. I thought this was a place where crazy people were. And that's where they went. And maybe this sanitarium at Crystal Lakes was where maybe it was like, um, you know how like prisons, you have prisons and then you have minimum security prisons. I sort of thought that this sanitarium was like a minimum security sanitarium. Like it's functioning people, but they're still crazy. And they got issues. Like the different colored jumpsuits at Fort Leavenworth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is for, I thought this is for, um, you know, rich white people who think there's something wrong with them. Depressed white people is what I was picturing. I think she's more on it than not. So, yeah. Okay. It so definitely Mrs. was uh, not a place. I didn't see people running around throwing poop. <laughs> There was no poop throwing. We didn't really see many. See, we didn't see like the uh, the room where the people just wander, 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 wander. Yeah. Or sit and stare, 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 stare. Or drool. There's no drooling. Or, there's no, I mean, there's, there's nothing no, to keep people in there. So maybe right. it's a sanitarium. Maybe it's like the place where like, um, what's it called? Where the people go out here, the, the dry out. What are you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, the Betty Ford Center. Yeah, like your Betty Ford clinics, your your uh, rehab facilities where it's you're not locked in. You're, you've just come in there to dry out. That's what I pictured. Truth be told, I think they didn't know what a sanitarium was I think was that either. it's a MacGuffin. Honestly, honestly, we've probably spent way too much time talking about it because it's, it's, it's just a thing to develop the story. It's just for bits. Okay. And that's true. So we'll move on. But Mrs. Upjohn is leaving, as Aaron said, because the doctor says she's okay, but she knows she's on her way to obvious collapse. (laughs) 
At this point, a guy named Gil comes in. Young, good-looking, blonde hair, wavy. He is... There's uh, a guy, there's a contemporary actor who looks just like Gil, and I don't know what his name is. But is he does the, the bit parts like Gil, and he's around now, and he looks just like old Gil. I didn't make a connection, but I'm sure he is. Well, Gil has bought a racehorse because he's sure that this racehorse is going to win this race, which is going to give him the money to give to Judy to keep the sanitarium, which we don't know what the hell it is, open. We did say that Gil was a singer, right? You did say he was a tenor. He's a tenor. So um, this is probably the best idea that we could have expected from Gil. And it's yeah. a horrible idea. Yeah, because evidently what he does is is sing at, um, okay, like D-level um, spaces, D-level, what are they called? He's on, I think modern day he would be a DJ playing quesinieras in the valley. Bingo. Because actually at the Sparkling Springs, they have dancing fountains a la, you know, that place in Las Vegas. The Venetian? No, no that's not the, the Venetian. No. What, Caesar's um, Palace? Dance, and um, he sings when the fountain's still because he's in a boat behind the fountains. Yeah, they have this weird carnival that we'll get to later. And So it's kind of like, you know, the, the entertainment at uh, King's Dominion. Oh, yeah. Okay, so anyway, Gil comes in and Judy is livid. Because Gil had $1,500 and he bought the racehorse. And she says, you'd rather bet on a horse than me Ouch. keeping my sanitarium. <laughs> That's always going to make me laugh. <laughs> so, Mrs. Upjohn is on her way to Dr. Hackenbush. And um, she said she didn't know there was a thing wrong with her until Dr. Hackenbush told her there was. And so Chico says, don't worry, Dr. Hackenbush is coming to this sanitarium. And she's going, oh, my gosh, I'll stay. I love Dr. Hackenbush. Oh, well, wait, Chico, there's a there's a funny bit that Chico does because the woman, what's her name? Rocks, Miss Rocks. She heard Miss Scott Rocks. All the the valet guys are carrying out her bags in the line and Chico goes into the front takes the front runner's bags and then he just circles back and leads them back upstairs and somebody says whose bags are these and he says oh it's Dr. Hackenbush he's come in to town and it's really her bags but it convinces her she says oh what he does that bit with other things as well mm -hmm. it's, it's a common Marx Brothers bit common so mrs upjohn got rocks says if dr hackenbush is coming i'm staying and i might give the sanitarium money to stay open Ooh, which is what chico wants because he has a fondness for judy not in a sexual way yeah but dr hackenbush is a veterinarian he gets a telegram 
And so the telegram says, come to treat Mrs. Upjohn. Well, there's a Mr. Morgan. I'm sure not a, like with Morgan Chase. And he's a bad guy. Morgan Chase. And he wants Judy to turn the sanitarium over to him. Oh, yeah. Be because we find out later, he wants to turn it into a casino, hotel, whole big schmo thing so he can make more money. Because he's already got all the money in the world, Morgan Stanley. Morgan Chase. Chase, I get it. So Dr. Hackenbush says, I'm here. And Judy says, I have a month. I don't have to sign the papers over to Mr. Morgan right now. I have a month to, to make the money for my payment. But Judy's financial advisor is in cahoots with Mr. Morgan. Mm -hmm. So, oh, Miss Standish is Judy, the owner of the sanitarium. Um, Dr. Hackenbush thinks when he gets there, um, oh, this is a charity case. I'm not getting paid. I'm leaving. And Mrs. Upjohn says, I will, I will personally pay your salary for you to stay here. Well, it's up to the financial advisor to get rid of Dr. Hackenbush so that Mrs. Upjohn leaves, so that there's no money, so Morgan gets the money to build the casino. Right. So um, the financial advisor wants to know Dr. Hackenbush's, you know, medical experience. So that's a whole bit where he dances around. He doesn't answer a single question. And and Hackenbush is played by Groucho, and Groucho's he's always playing with the words, and he's a wise guy. And he walks hunched over really fast. Yeah. And did you notice? See, I always thought Groucho actually had that big ass mustache. No, my mind was blown. It's grease paint. It's just penciled on there. It's like an eyebrow pencil. And his eyebrows as well. Exactly. I thought that it was a mustache, but no, it's just this whole big fat block. It actually kind of hurt my feelings. Things are not what they appear. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's all always been based on a lie. Everything's based on a lie. Well, Dr. Hackenbush gives Mrs. Upjohn a pill because she keeps asking for one. And it's an actual horse pill. It's the size <laughs> Of a gumball. <laughs> it's huge. And uh, he says, the last patient I gave one to won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I like him because he, his doctor's uniform, it's, it's pretty much sleeveless because he's a vet doctor. <laughs> so he oh, wouldn't he have to sleeve. stick his hand yeah, up so far. He's got to stick his arm up horses' butts and stuff. Now, see, that did not, <laughs> I just wondered why it was sleeveless. Uh, I, I assume that that's why. Do they have rubber gloves that long? Well, I, I don't they know. They didn't back then. It's 1930. I mean, there's a whole bit where they're when he's like washing his hands, and it's yeah. just still water. So I'm guessing no in 1937. Yeah. Hello. Okay. Next scene. There is the. To start a race. So Dr. Hackenbush rushes out. Well, Harpo is the Marx brother who doesn't speak. And he's a jockey. 
Yeah, his his name's Stuffy. He his name is Stuffy. And he gets beat up by Morgan's people for winning a race he was supposed to throw. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of person Morgan is. So he runs and hides in the hay so he doesn't get beat up more. It's the hay of Gill's horse, which the name is Hi-Hat. I like that name. I was like, yeah, that's a great name for a horse. It is. And uh, Morgan used to actually own Hi-Hat. And Hi-Hat was sold for such a uh, small pittance of money because he doesn't do well uh, just running a race. So at this point, Morgan fires Harpo and the sheriff comes in and he needs the money from Gil to be able to keep Hi-Hat. But I never understood why. And because uh, I thought Gil gave his $1,500 to buy Hi-Hat. Yeah, so is the sheriff just dirty and he's just looking to get paid out? The sheriff is on the Morgan team, oh. which is the money team, which means everybody's dirty. Hmm. So so they do the bit again, like he did with the suitcases, where Chico keeps giving him $5 at a time, but oh, yeah. he's giving him $5. The sheriff puts the $5 in his pocket. Harpo takes it out, gives it to Chico, who gives it to the sheriff. Harpo takes it out. So um, the sheriff thinks he's gotten $125, where he's gotten $5. Okay, so there's the, the tip that Sunup is going to win the next race, and it's 10 to 1. So Chico gets money. He sees Dr. Hackenbush. Hackenbush is trying to put a $2 bet on Sunup, and they have a a whole bit. This is their famous toots, footsie tootsie bit. Or I forget what it's called. Fruitsie tootsie. Because Chico is supposed to be a, he's supposed to be selling ice cream out of a cart. But, but he also has tip sheets so that you know which horse to bet on to win the races. <coughs> mm -hmm. So he keeps saying, um, Sunup is the worst horse on the track, and I have a book here that tells you. Bless you. Take it, Aaron. He's got a code, and <coughs> he he he's like, oh, I have a code. I can tell you which horse is going to be the best, but you have to pay for this code, and it's like a dollar. So he gets... Dr. Hackenbush gives him a dollar and he gets this code and it's just a bunch of letter or number letters mixed up. And so he says, well, what does this mean? There isn't a horse that's named this. And he's like, well, in order to break the code, you have to buy the book. And he's like, what? and so then he sells him a book. He's like, that'll cost you a dollar. So then he goes, he's thumbing through the book and he gets to stay out the book and he says, something else and he's like well in order to know that you have to buy this other book and then master code book yeah the master code book and so he's selling them on all these books and meanwhile every time he gets the money he goes and puts more money on the one that's supposed to win exactly so finally chico has six dollars on sunup and um so, so Dr. Hackenbush says, I only have a 10, give me the change. And Chico says, I don't have change, but I have these other books that'll help you. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the the Tootsie Footsie ice cream. No, the Tootsie Fruitsie ice cream scene. So the horse that he's that Hackenbush is told to bet on is a forty to one horse. So Sunup wins the one that Hackenbush wanted to bet on, and um, so Chico won the money, but Hackenbush didn't win the money. So that was just a whole bit. Mm-hmm. So. Next scene at the sanitarium, there are calls. Uh, oh, Gil keeps calling Judy and she's mad at him because he put his money on a horse instead of on her. Yeah. And so she's ignoring all of his calls. He's an idiot. <laughs> and so Morgan and her financial advisor is Whitmore. They're getting all the info on Dr. Hackenbush because they know he can't be on the up and up. And he doesn't have a mustache. He just has grease paint. This guy has true. to be. What it's the true. hell? And we could see it, you know, in 2018. So I'm sure in 1937, when you're actually looking at it, it looks even faker. And that's when we learn he wants to turn the sanitarium into a casino. So somebody's on the phone with Whitmore. And he's asking about Hackenbush. Well, somehow... Chico has fixed it so the phones work so that when when Whitmore is calling his references, Hackenbush is actually actually answering. Mm-hmm. So he's able to um, answer all, all the questions. Mm. So it's another bit. Yeah, another bit. <clears throat> so Mrs. Upjohn wants Dr. Hackenbush, but they have other doctors. Morgan and Whitmore have other doctors at the sanitarium saying... The, the x-rays of her show nothing's wrong. <laughs> because an x-ray, everyone knows the x-rays show mental <coughs> health. It's just, you know. Yeah, all, all her bones are fine. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, um, a Harpo, ju- uh, 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 Groucho just dismisses all the staff. Go away. And so he's reading the race chart because... You know, he doesn't really have anything to do here except try to get Mrs. Upjohn to put money into the sanitarium. And uh, Chico goes into the office. Harpo has a flute. And he's a patient for Dr. Hackenbush. And there's a whole lot of physical comedy. Another bit happens Mm -hmm. where Harpo eats the thermometer. Which had to be deadly because that's got mercury (coughs) in it. It was mercury. And uh, he's examining Harpo. At examining, oh, but he, you know, back in the day, you see, they, uh, the doctors had a, a, an elastic strap around their head, and then this big round metal thing, mm-hmm. and they'd look through it. It was like it was for light. It would catch the light and then shine it where they needed to see it. <coughs> I'm sorry for the cough. And um, so, Doctor Hackenbush keeps saying all these things that are wrong with him, and finally, Chico realizes he has to turn the wrong direction. So he's looking at himself. Mm-hmm. So everything that's wrong with Harpo is actually what's wrong with Groucho. Mm-hmm. Another bit. Um, and so Harpo has a case of ingrown balloons. <laughs> Take it, Aaron. Well, he's just, <coughs> um, he's just blowing balloons when he presses on them. But it's not balloons. It's uh, I think I thought it was bubble gum. But I don't know. Did they have bubble gum? I thought gum it was bubble gum and then the last one was a balloon. Oh, I don't know. It's something. It's a bit. But so basically um, 
something happens and Chico realizes that Hackenbush is uh, a horse doctor. A horse doctor. Oh, he see, he sees, I think on a watch or something, it, it was engraved and said something about him being, thank you for, for saving my horse. And he exactly. realizes that he's a horse doctor. And so then uh, Hackenbush says, oh, the gig is up. All right, well, you got me. And then meanwhile... Uh, Harpo has uh, put, what is it? Like it's a numbing agent in a syringe and he's put it in uh, Hackenbush's leg. And so Hackenbush says, I haven't got a leg to stand on. And he goes to stand on his numb leg and just collapses. And he's just, what happened? What happened? And so they basically strike a deal that they will keep going with the charade because that's the only thing that's keeping um, Judy from keeping the sanitarium. Exactly. It, you know, so we won't tell about you if you keep Mrs. Upjohn happy who right. can give Judy the money. Yeah. So then they strike a deal. Next scene is the racetrack. And Gil is timing hi-hat and it's not going well. No, hi-hat's not very fast. And so at this point, Chico tells Gil, actually, Hackenbush is a is a horse doctor and and he can help us help Judy. Well, the sheriff comes back for hi hat because he hasn't gotten his money and he he starts to take a hi hat. But Chico takes the the bridle off of hi hat and puts it on Harpo so Chico goes away with hi-hat, and the sheriff is just walking Harpo back mm-hmm. another bit. Bits, bits, bits. So it's the evening event. It's the fountains, yeah, it's and this, Gil is singing. I mean, they went all out for this whole, it's this whitewater lake gala. He's singing in a boat with... Six babes who were pretending to play. What are those? What were they? Loops? U- ukuleles, I think. Man, mandolins. Uh, I think they were ukuleles. Okay, we're gonna go with ukuleles. They looked fatter than ukuleles. I don't know because whatever they were, I didn't hear in the music. And they weren't playing them anyway. Yeah. It's not like last week when, when Yule Brenner was really playing that guitar. No, this isn't happening. Or later. Um, and so Gil is singing directly to Judy. Doing like and it was that. one of those, yeah. Yeah, it was, old-timey, opera-y yeah. song, opera-y. It was opera-y. Opera-esque. Singing. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, Hard man. to listen to. Yeah. So um, Judy is pretending to, you know, not be smitten, but she is. You know, her her little smirk is starting to come up because he's singing right to her. And then a dance number with lots of chiffon. It's when we say dance, we specifically mean it's a ballet number. Vivian Ray. Is she uh, a ballerina? She was the ballerina and she comes out and and that must've been a big thing because I guess she was a big time ballerina at the time. I mean, and for physical feats, she does twirl around a whole bunch of times. She does. It's quite impressive. It's not my cup of tea. I fast forwarded. 
I did not. Several times. I have orchestra and more twirling because it went on a long when time. It went on for a bit. Went on for a bit. And I have to say, this movie did make me end up eating my words because I was, I said, you know what I would like to see? <sighs> and then we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, you saw it. <laughs> okay. So Hackenbush goes away. And Mrs. Upjohn follows him. Oh, well, Hackenbush has gotten the eye on a blonde. A blonde came sauntering in. Va, 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 voom. And it was like the cartoons where his eyeballs bulged out. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he instantly has fallen in love for, with this blonde. And he's, he's trying to go after her. He's trying to dance with her. And of course, you know... Miss Scott Rocks is not impressed that this guy is dancing with another woman and not her. Yeah, and so he would go, he would see Miss Scott Rocks going, oh, no, you don't. So he'd go dance with her, and then he would say over her shoulder, change partners, so that he could go dance with the blonde. And so that went on for a while. Okay, at this point, the sheriff comes up. And the sheriff is chasing Chico and Harpo. And at one point, Chico and Harpo are on the diving board, and the sheriff follows them on the diving board, and he, of course, ends up in the water. Mm -hmm. Chico and Harpo run away, at which point Chico has a solo on the piano. And he is really playing. He's super good. Yeah, he's really good on the piano. That was fun. I like that. And then Harpo got on the piano, and oh. then Harpo got on the harp. Well, wait a second. Harpo. Harpo starts on the piano, but then he proceeds something. One of the lower keys is out of tune, and he keeps so he keeps hitting it. And slowly, before you know it, Harpo has destroyed the piano. <laughs> everything has come off the piano. The keys have come off the sides. Everything, and then he just reaches down. And he takes the what the strings are all attached to inside a piano. The innards. The innards. And he just sets it up, props it up. And now he just starts playing what is a harp. Truth be told, listeners, I was fast forwarding through this. What? And I wondered why the harp looked so odd. Because it was the, he took the inside of a piano and then he just starts playing the harp beautifully. I now said. Now it makes sense. Wow! Now that's Thank entertainment. You. He was he's he was very good on the harp. Well, it's no coincidence that his name was Harpo. Correct. So uh, the sheriff is still chasing them. Well, Whitmore, uh, Judy's financial advisor, meets with the blonde, and she's just a setup. She's supposed to go back to Hackenbush's room. And she's supposed to be there in a compromising position when Mrs. Upjohn comes in and sees him. Then Mrs. Upjohn won't want to give the sanitarium the money. Bingo, the casino is back on. Yes. So Hackenbush goes back to, uh, well, actually, uh, Harpo does a whistling thing where he's telling Chico about the plan because he overheard uh, the blonde and... Whitmore talking. So he does various whistles and physical uh, things to express himself. 
because he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Well, Hackenbush thinks he has a date with the blonde back in his room. So he's getting the room ready and there's a knock. Um, and so there's a little tiny table and a huge flower arrangement on it. <laughs> and so that's a whole bit where they sit down at the table and they can't see each other. Mm-hmm. And Hackenbush is being Groucho is just being Groucho to the max. So over the top. So over the top. And she is pretty darn slutty. Mm-hmm. So Chico and Harpo come in to tell him, hey, this is all a setup. But he doesn't want to hear it because he's thinking he's going to hook up with he's this He's got blonde. a chance. So they jump on the blonde and Chico tries to explain. And then she's looking in a mirror, you know, fixing her face. And Harpo blows powder all over her. And uh, Groucho gets mad, and he puts both of them out of the room. Yes. Then Chico comes in as a house detective, <laughs> and 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 he tells him to get rid of the woman, and he calls his assistant, who is Harpo, who looks like Sherlock Holmes with two dogs. It's always funny to me because their their whole shtick and their getup is that they their clothes are all ill-fitting and you can kind of tell at least the impression they give me is that these two they're not rich by any means because you know their clothes are ill-fitting but yet they're able they go out and they come back in fully decked out in a (laughs) in a a sherlock holmes cape and hat and with these two dogs and you're like where are these two these two man so he finally gets rid of them, and the blonde is saying to Hackenbush, hold me, and she sits on his lap. So they're on a settee, and there's a knock on the door, and here come Harpo and Chico as wallpapers. Yeah. Now Harpo's got a bucket on a, his head with the glue, and they just commenced to setting up the wallpaper above the other two, basically wallpapering them kind of into the wall. Exactly. The, I mean, the wallpaper is everywhere, all different patterns of wallpaper. Yeah, it's a uh, mess. At which point, Miss Mr. Whitmore brings Miss Upjohn in to see them in a compromising position, but there is no sign of the blonde because the wallpaper is all over the settee. Mm-hmm. So um, then um, Groucho comes out from the wallpaper, but there's no sign of the blonde. So Upjohn is saying to Whitmore, well, you have some explaining to do. Uh, you know, how dare you bring me into this? And and there was nothing to it. And Hackenbush is doing nothing wrong. Yes. Well, they leave and the blonde was under the seat cushion. <laughs> she was not happy about that. So Hackenbush is pretending to be mad at Upjohn for daring Daring to question his integrity. And then Gil comes for Upjohn to sign the papers for the sanitarium. Um, because Mrs. You know, Upjohn had promised to pay for the sanitarium. Whitmore brings a doctor from Vienna, a Dr. Steinberg. Because they're not done trying to um, say that Hackenbush is a hack. Yeah, they're not going down with a fight. So they go, okay, we're going to examine her together. So Hackenbush goes, okay, here's the problem. 
She's got high blood pressure on her right side and low blood pressure on the left side. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's going, there is no such thing. And so Dr. Hackenbush says, let me examine her. And he, he starts running away. And Gil says, you can't leave. You can't stop the examination because of Judy. At which point we see that they have hidden hi-hat in a closet. Oh. Harpo was tearing the mattress apart because at that time mattresses were made of straw. So he's he's tearing this mattress apart and you don't know why he's gathering all the straw. He sticks it in the closet because that's where the horse is. Oh. To give him something to eat. Huh. So there's Whitmore, Steinberg, the guy from Vienna, Mrs. Upjohn, and Dr. Hackenbush. And we're going to proceed with an exam. At which point Chico and Harpo come in, because they always do. And Dr. Steinberg says, what is your diagnosis? They say, what is your diagnosis, Dr. Steinberg? And he says, well, her pulse is normal. So Groucho goes, well, you can't even begin the examination without washing your hands. You can't be a real doctor. You didn't even wash your hands. So he, he does goes have a point. That's true. He goes and washes his hands. And then they, they go, wash their okay. hands in just in the in um there's three it's not even a sink, it's like a tub of water. Yeah. So I guess one is supposed to be to rinse, one is supposed to be the soap, one is supposed to be to rinse off the soap. Really? Because this all three of them just use the three <coughs> different ones. Oh and he does have a funny line because he doesn't even wash them, he just sticks his arms in. And lifts them up, letting the, the water run down. And he goes, look at these drips. You'll never see better drips than these. you. <coughs> at which point he calls for sterilization. Yeah. So nurses come in with sterilized gowns, supposedly. Yeah, okay. And then more physical comedy ensues. To the point where Harpo was so on top of... <laughs> Excuse me. One of the, I am allergic to sexual harassment. <laughs> That's been your problem this point, whole time. Harpo it, it, it undresses one of the nurses who is trying to put the gown on. I her. said, hashtag you too, girl. Yeah. So um, it's time to look at the x-ray and Everybody knows this isn't going to go well. So Harpo pulls the sprinklers. And the horse comes out of the closet. Chaos ensues. Mm -hmm. They escape on the horse. They escape on the horse and they go to the stable. So it's Chico, Harpo, Gill, and Hackenbush at the, at the stable. And Hackenbush is going, I'm sorry, Gill. It's all my fault. I really messed this up. And that's completely true. Yes. Well, the sheriff is coming, they think. But no, it's Judy. And Judy's coming with blankets for everybody. <sighs> that Judy. And Gil goes, well, we bungled your whole world. And Judy says, don't worry. Tomorrow the sanitarium will be Morgan's problem. At which point we look out of the stable and we see, oh, I'm sorry, no. we had one person of color at the very beginning of the movie uh, who was a, a person who worked on the railway. Yeah, it was the train. What, what was that, a porter? Yeah, let's go with yeah. porter. 
Well, now wait, we have no, wait, six. Wait. Because Judy says that, and then she does her. her she does the the early. Oh, what's her name? Ingrid Bergman. She goes. It's okay. Tomorrow it will. It'll be his problem. It's. I'm. I'm fine. <laughs> so then she's all crying because she's sad. And yeah, now, she didn't go into the hysterical laughing. Yeah. Well, it's time for some levity. I mean, this is heavy. So they look out the, the, the barn window, and there are six children of color laughing and happy and dancing by a shack that is their home. And then shacks. We, multiple shacks. We have more people of color than we can count. Well, Doing yeah, because huge. all of a sudden Gil says, I thought, <laughs> in all honesty, because this is 1937, I thought, oh my God. Because Gil says, look out there, look at the children playing. And I'm like, Gil, please don't console her by saying, at least you're not black. I was <gasps> just like, please don't. This is 1937. I don't know what's going on, but please don't have that be what happens next. Oh, wow. No, that's yeah, too that's wasn't. too woke for 1937. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. I was like, oh, man, good. Okay. Look at the happy children of color. Yeah. So happy to be wearing rags and just dancing. Yeah, so, so then he goes into the song about how tomorrow's another day. And... I think that song kind of ends, and then like Harpo gets out a whistle, right? I I called it a flute, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then Harpo, Harpo just goes into people's houses, and he go first. He goes with the kids, and <laughs> I do like that. It was like, who is this guy? And then they're like, it's Gabriel. Oh, that's when they sing Gabriel's Come In. Yeah. It was a long dance number. It was a a really long dance number. And I said, I I was like, is this, well, it was actually, I liked, I didn't fast forward. Um, I think it would have been good, but I was tired. Yeah. So uh, I said, I like this, but are they just, like, this woman is losing her sanitarium, but... Um, she's getting paid for it, right? Or are they just taking it away from her? No, I think they were taking it because she couldn't. She couldn't. Oh, she couldn't make, make the, the payment. Make the payment. Yes, but anyway, Repossess. so So then I said the whole like black town is all of a sudden putting on a review to make this woman feel better. Probably because <laughs> they didn't understand repossess because they didn't possess anything. That could be repos at. Yeah, so then it's just, I mean, they everyone is very happy and they were a happy people. They they are they are dancing away. Dancing and singing. Following Harpo around. I was wondering if the Johnson brothers were in there, but I couldn't find that information, so I'm going no. No, I don't think so. Because I think we would have seen it. But then they start seeing what was it? The what's it called? All God's children got rhythm. That and that is not true. Yes, that is not true. I can attest. I am one of God's children, and I got no rhythm. Sheesh. Nope. 
It's true. Mm, yeah. Okay, moving on. Only some of God's children have rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not this <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, it was it was a long number because it went on a long time. I'm sure it was very entertaining, but, you know. But I have to I, say, for 1937, oh. I know that we did... Oh, we, we like watched some other movies, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, the Marx Brothers... How progressive yeah. of that. Until. It was a different time. So the sheriff shows up. So Groucho, Chico, and Harpo uh, are hiding under a wagon. Mm-hmm. At which point I write, oh, oh no. no. Groucho goes, Groucho's hand goes for, goes for behind oh. the wheel. And. We Grief. know where where we know where all of this is going. We knew where it was going, and I was I was truly tears in my eyes. No, no. But no. they, you know, they their backs were to the wall, and they needed to get out. And there was only three white faces in the crowd, so you know they did what they thought in that moment was the best idea in 1937 and that was to take the grease from the wheel and put it on their faces and go and now they have black face and they go out and they they didn't blend into the back of the group for the final, like, big no. final number. No, they um, didn't. No, they went to the front, which I thought that's a bit risky. Because that there. you it's not like you respectfully really applied makeup to really try to blend in. Because Harpo's look. face was only half done. Yes, oh, Harpo did have a half face. He in the, he he originated the half face minstrel. This look. was definitely a cringeworthy moment. Yeah, it was the oh no. It was the no. Oh. Come on. But, At which point, Poppy said, "What? Oh, you didn't remember that part? <laughs> I didn't know that part." Okay, we're gonna move that on. That part isn't. Th- th- that part's buried, you know. That part is in the part where the Civil War was fought over states' rights. That's where that part is located. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, back to the plot. Uh, the sheriff and Morgan and Whitmore have a letter from Florida saying that Hackenbush is a horse doctor. But every time Hi-Hat hears Morgan's voice, he goes crazy. <laughs> oh, Hi-Hat gets so angry. We have another chase scene where Harpo jumps on Hi-Hat and they go off. And they see Hi-Hat jumping cars, jumping fences, jumping hedges. At which point they say, Judy says, that's why he doesn't want to race. He's a jumper. <laughs> and Gil says, we need to get him into a steeplechase. And then he cuts to whoever's on the course, and there's a big billboard for the big steeplechase race coming up. And Hi-Hat's running. And you think Hi-Hat's just going to run through it. But Hi-Hat 
Hi-Hat was very comedic. Probably the most comedic horse. I have to say, I think Hi-Hat is funnier than Mr. Ed. Hi-Hat, funniest horse of all time. Hi-Hat was probably really abused to make this movie. Hey, so was Michael Jackson, and we got a lot of greatness out of that. Okay, point (laughs) taken. Thank you, Aaron. Well... So we're at the steeplechase race, which just happens to be happening right now. Mm-hmm. And Morgan is trying to stop Hi-Hat from racing in that race. Right. So they 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 look at all the horses to make sure that Hi-Hat's not one of them. They got their goons all, all everybody, bolos are issued for all of them. Exactly. And a sheriff, the sheriff actually, well... Gil and Judy arrive in an ambulance from the sanitarium. But it doesn't say sanitarium. I think it just says ambulance. They covered it up. But under ambulance, it said, what's your much biggest sanitarium? Okay. No, but that's it. It comes off because they let them uh, in because they're like, oh, it's an ambulance. And then hi, it, it turns out Hi-Hat's in the back of the ambulance. And the Hi-Hat hears... What's his face, his voice, and he starts to go crazy because Kai Hi Hat can't stand that motherfucker. And Who he could? Just go, he just starts going crazy, and then he he's going crazy that he knocks out. Oh, because remember, Hi Hat had a fight scene. If we go back just a little while to when they were in the barn and the guys were trying to get Hi Hat, Hi Hat like basically beats up the dude. He's kicking him where he is. That's what I'm, I'm telling you. Hi Hat's oh, yeah. great. He like yeah. I've never seen a horse fight before, and he's he's kicking them. Oh, Hi Hat was going all in on it. Yeah, you don't want to know what they did to Hi Hat to make him do that. But okay, so Morgan tells his jockey, who is in the steeplechase race, I don't care what it takes, win the race. But just make sure the yeah. judges don't see it. Yeah. So the horses are on the track. And, you know, Harpo's a jockey. Harpo turns on a fan, so all the hats blow. Now, this was 1937. The women and the men all had hats on. And they had so strong all, attachments to their hats. All the, <laughs> There was no rubber band under the hat to hold them under their fat chins like my Easter hats used to. <laughs> so um, all the hats go on the racetrack. They have to stop the race. You know, get the hats off. Horses are back to stop. Chico uh, diverts all the cars to come on the racetrack because they're waiting for Hi Hat to join up so that he can actually race the in the race. Mm-hmm. So then there's all these cars on the race. Well, because the uh, Chico and Mark they 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 have parking and they say that free parking is on the racetrack. So they get all the cars to come on the racetrack to park. So that causes a mess. Everybody's still looking for hi-hat. There's another chase scene where Groucho is running away from the police over the cars, under the cars, around the cars. Um, at which point uh, there's a wreck and Judy pretends like she's thrown out of the car on a wreck, but she really wasn't. Because um, she was in the pretend ambulance. Well, no, she was. Uh, Gil was in the. Gil was in the ambulance. Hi Hat was in the back of the ambulance, 
and the sheriff was driving the ambulance because he was driving hi-hat away. Right, because hi-hat could not be anywhere close right. to the race. So then they come across, though, an accident, and the sheriff is like, oh, my gosh, this woman is hurt. We, You need to get hi-hat out of here. I need to go help that woman. So they take hi-hat out of the ambulance. They go down. He sees, because Gil didn't know about this. Gil sees her. She winks at him. The sheriff is trying to un- get out the sh- unroll the stretcher and stuff, and Gil picks her up, carries her, puts her in, and the uh, the sheriff says, "You know, you stay, you stay back here with her. I'm gonna get her to the hospital." So then the sheriff goes around to the front, and Gil and the uh, Judy they get out of the back. The guy takes off because he thinks they're in the back of the ambulance. And then the two, the three of, it's the two of them and Hi-Hat. They got Hi-Hat. But they aren't yet to the racetrack. Right. So a race has started. So Chico moves the fence of the racetrack so that all the horses go off of the racetrack. Yes. So they all have to come back and start again. At this point, I would really think they would say, scrap this race. Yeah. But they don't. So all the horses are back at start. Hi-hat with fire water. Okay. So hi-hat is somehow attached to the fire water wagon. And he is one of two horses who are pulling the fire water wagon. Like a wagon of water in case a fire breaks out. Like a fire truck, but it's pulled by horses. Exactly, back in 1937. Mm-hmm. And so um, Harpo is on on top of Hi-Hat, and it, at some point they get onto the racetrack, and Harpo's able to, to, to cut the reins from the water fire truck. And he's wearing his jockey uniform underneath, so he starts changing while he's on the horse, just taking off his clothing so that he's on his jockey Hi hat jumps onto the racetrack, and Hi hat and Morgan's horse are neck and neck. Well, yeah, because they start the race, so Hi hat is started at a disadvantage, but the race is started, so we're going. We're in the race now. But but Morgan's horse is in front, mm-hmm. so Chico has the microphone for the announcers who are announcing the race. So he gets it down to Morgan because all hi-hat needs to hear is Morgan's voice. And he, you know, the adrenaline pump. And then he he gets mad and starts taking off. He sure does. So then he gets in front and then he runs faster. Uh, At one point, both jockeys are knocked off the horses into mud. Mm Mm-hmm. How did they get back on the horses? They just got back on them. They got back on the horses. Yeah. And Morgan's horse wins. Because, see, both jockeys jumped off, got got knocked off. They got back on horses. It was just like the Kentucky Derby, which was mud for everybody except Justified. Mm-hmm. Everything is muddy, muddy, muddy. You go, oh, my God, really? Morgan's horse won after all this? Yeah. And Harpo goes, wait a minute. No, oh, wait, no. Um, He does something. The horse does something. I think the horse hears, the horse that won Morgan's voice. hears Morgan's voice and starts going crazy. 
And that's when Harpo goes over to the horse and wipes off the mud. And it says number seven. And he wipes off the mud from him. And he's number seven. And they're like, oh, that's hi-hat, hi-hat one. Oh, snap. Hi-hat had the wrong jockey, but he still won. Well, because he got on the wrong horse. Exactly. Everything was covered with mud. Who knew? Mm -hmm. The end. Yeah. Oh, no, not the end. Wait. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole town comes back. Everything. The black people in the town come back. And the people of color had all bet on hi-hat. Mm-hmm. So they all had winning tickets. So they are behind hi-hat celebrating that they won some money. And I think Hackenbush proposes to the woman. He does. Oh. He says to her, I really am a horse doctor, but marry me and I'll never look at another horse. Yeah, that's, that's weird. And then the end. A day at the races. It was it was a ride. It, it was, was a ride. It was an up and down ride. With some fast forwarding involved. Yes. I we will definitely do duck soup and a night at the opera. We will, because they said after after Dude died, who was the champion of the Marx Brothers, anything they did after that was like yeah, second rate. Mm-hmm. I had trivia. Mm-hmm. This was the longest Marx Brothers movie. Yes, an uh, hour, one and hour and forty nine minutes. minutes. Uh huh. I had that the band known as Queen. What named their nineteen seventy six album "Day at the Races"? Oh. I thought you might like that trivia. I do. I like Queen. I know you, well, like is, no, that's not the adjective, Erin. <laughs> I'm a really big fan of Queen. Oh, yes. So they also did one night at, night at the opera. Mm, yes. Um, which they named after the Marx Brothers movie. And that's mm. all the trivia I have. Well, I have that it... Um, that Groucho changed the, his the original name of Dr. Hackenbush was supposed to be Dr. Quackenbush. Mm-hmm. But the legal teams were like, we have found quite a few Dr. Quackenbushes. So you should probably change your name. So he, he was like, that's ridiculous, but fine. I'll change it to Hackenbush. Who would, who would think there were real doctors named Quack and Bush? But well, there were several. Is a name, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. In the original theatrical release, the whole uh, like water scene, like their that gala thing, that was in a light brown sepia, and the ballet was in a blue tint. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, it is number fifty nine on AFI's a hundred laughs movies, a hundred years, a hundred laughs list. So pretty much halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, All God's Children Got Rhythm was nominated for the short-lived category in the Oscars, the Academy Award for Best Dance Direction. And that was only a category from 1935 to 1937. And didn't they win that? 
I don't know. Oh, maybe they got they the Academy Award for Best Dance Direction. Yeah. Oh. And Which is when that ended. Yeah. So, yeah. 1937 was the last one. So we know why yeah. that died. Black people won. Oh. Got to get rid of that category. <laughs> we can't be having that. They saw that. They were like, who are the Nicholas brothers? Nope. We got to put the kibosh on right. dance. Yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. So that's what I have. There wasn't a lot of trivia about it. I I expected to see more, but then that was the time when the studios owned their performers. Mm-hmm. So, and this yeah. was, I mean, the Marx Brothers. They got their start in vaudeville. They were, gosh, the brothers. They were like born like eighteen eighty seven, eighteen eighty eight, eighteen ninety. Yeah. They that woman who was also their manager. I think her name was Minnie Palmer that she went by. She was spitting them out. Just boom, boom, boom. One after another for every Strike year. Strike when the fire's hot. Yeah. So they were in vaudeville. And so they, they had been, this was, they had already done Duck Soup. They had already done A Night at the Opera. They were already big time. They had already been all over Broadway. Um, so they, this was kind of them. It, it wasn't new to them. They knew what to do. They had already gone in pre-production and figured out a bunch of their gags and stuff. This was just this was just a day at the office for them. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of phoned this one in. And then after this, it, it kind of just left off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the... I'm guessing, like, the... the yeah, the studio because the champion he he was no longer around, and then probably right. just different things happen. You know? it, yeah, it was a new day, a new dawn. Moving on. <laughs> I'm glad we did a Marx Brothers. I was so sorry when they put on the blackface. Yeah, but that's one of those things. It's nineteen it's 2018 lens. Yeah, and they didn't have to have the the whole um. Like that whole dance number. They didn't have to have that in the film. It's true. You know? So I was like, oh, okay. At least you're letting people... I don't know what their politics were or anything, but at least you're letting people dance and and do things on camera. And it's 1937. That's when Hitler was starting to rev up a bit. Um, against the people of the Jewish faith, which I'm sure the Marx Brothers were. So well, yeah, they were um, Jewish and German, yeah. and their dad was from that place where like you're from, that's like France now. Alsace Lorraine. Um, I don't know if it was Lorraine, but it was Alsace. Yeah, I could be related to them. What if we're related to the Marx Brothers? I think I am due some money. <laughs> no. Yeah, okay. They'll be like, all right, but lady, get in let's line. Let's think about the humor and humor. Hmm. Mm. Maybe maybe I was related and I got my humor gene from the Marx So Brothers. which Marx Brothers are you? I, I totally see myself as... <coughs> <coughs> I was going to go with Groucho, but probably...
probably Chico. I think he was, you know, he was he wasn't the one on top. Groucho was the 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 lead, but but um, Chico 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 he was misunderstood because you couldn't even pronounce his name. And he had a he did a weird Italian accent. Hmm. When when he would talk. Yeah. And that hat. Why? Yeah, it's like a little elf hat. Why wear that? I don't know, but it was funny. It was. This whole I think he always funny. wore that hat. That was yeah, well they had I mean they went so hard into their personas that they just stopped going by their real names. They were just Groucho, Groucho. went as Hackenbush after this. And some yeah, he was just he was his favorite character, so he would just like sign his name Hackenbush. Yeah. Well, well, well. Well, 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 people. Just saying. All right. So do you want to know what we are doing next week? You actually already know? I do. Well done. You did your homework. And? Well, I was thinking, and I know it's not next week, but it's coming up. And I didn't want to be a day late and a dollar short. She's thinking ahead Mm -hmm. instead of behind. I am. And? Well, it's Memorial Day. Memorial Day. So, do you have a guess? Memorial Day, she's a child of a veteran, an Army veteran. Memorial Day flag. Flag. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Okay, Chico. <laughs> like you're you're doing this about as well as Chico when Harpo was trying to tell him what the deal was. <laughs> okay. All right. 1957. 1957. I was five years old. It's not a short movie. Oh, yeah. Give myself time. We're going to need some time for this. I work all next week. Okay. (laughs) 1957, David Lean, The Bridge Over the River Kwai. (gasps) I wanted to do that. Ha Didn't didn't Higgins and, um, oh, this is what I read today. I read there's a new Magnum P.I. coming out. Like a new TV and show? Higgins in the original was part of Bridge Over the River Kwai, wasn't he? Um, well, I, like, barely remember Higgins. Um, well, that's right. You you learned to, to remember Uncle Tom. Bridge <laughs> that does over not the sound good. <laughs> Kwai. How do you spell Kwai? K-W-A-I? Okay, that's a good one for Memorial Day Mm -hmm. because we do respect our veterans and we thank everyone who's given service and the families of service members because we know what that's like. I thought that that would be good. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, thank you. The hardest move for our family was from Northern Virginia to Kansas. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Apropos of? Well, uh, military families. Oh, and sacrifices? Yeah. Yeah, but like in, in those 
30 years, a lot more military families have endured a lot more sacrifice than we did. So it's true. It's I'm only yeah, selfishly thinking of us. And, like, you know, oh, I had to move from Virginia to Kansas when I was eight. Boo hoo. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy and Adam in one car, you and me in the other. You listening to Whitney Houston? What tape was it? Oh, it was Whitney Houston's Whitney Houston, the blue, the white tape, but the the cover was blue, and it was the one that had, uh oh, the the best song ever. I want to dance with somebody. So emotional. Where do broken hearts go? Cried the entire drive from Alexandria. To Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Well, I don't Both really remember that. Both of us cried the entire time. I don't really remember that. I do remember, though, that I listened to that tape so much that my dad was able to recreate every single song off of Whitney Houston's album by memory. Every part. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you broke day. the tape. Because I that was the only tape that I listened to. The tape broke mm-hmm. over and over again yeah but but a small a small smidgen of what military families go through when they move every three well we were lucky i mean we didn't move nearly as much as most military families we might hold the record for least moves by a military we might. family we might. so yeah but yeah we left here after six years so Adam was born here. Well, that was the only place that I knew. This was, yeah, and you had your all of your friends who happened to be male. Well, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a difficult one, but it made all the other ones easier. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you're leaving Kansas, that's very easy. <laughs> That was, it was easy to leave Kansas. The most exciting day in Kansas was the day we could go to Walmart. Why did it open? Was it new or something? We get to go to Walmart today because it was someplace to go. Oh. We were at Fort Leavenworth when there was an escape from the big house. And the little house. And the little house. We we went through two escapes that year. Yeah. And then we had people from the military. They had the orange jumpsuits. That meant they could be around um, us. And <laughs> remember, they, they were the baggers at the commissary. Uh-huh. And this, the one guy kept telling me when his release date was. <laughs> I don't remember that. I was eight. <laughs> oh, you were with me. Adam was always with me. You were in school then at, at the MacArthur yeah, I went to MacArthur. Did you know that Elementary that's where uh, uh, my friend Jason, he also went to MacArthur? No, did he really? Oh, uh, but that was like when he was like way younger. So he didn't have Mrs. No, he didn't. What was her name and you threw up on her? Yeah, I know. it. I'm not going to say it. Okay. You know her name? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, so we thank all of our military <laughs> families out there. We sound like we a U.S. We sound like the the worst USAA commercial ever. We do. <laughs> However, thank you USAA. We appreciate <laughs> our USAA. Bridge over the River Kwai. Excellent. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited. Maybe Poppy will watch it with you. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen bits of it. I don't know if I've seen the the whole thing in its entirety. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've always heard about it. I remember hearing about it watching Magnum. (laughs) Which is why I... Why my racehorse this year was Magnum, whatever his other name was, and he, he's he's glue now, so never mind. <laughs> okay, listeners, thank you. Next week, bridge over the River Kwai, mostly for our military families. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>